Hey guys and gals, thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. Attention, Meltcasters! Mention Meltcast inside Meltdown Comics and any variant cover is reduced to $5. Follow through with this exclusive deal today. For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to lootcrate.com backslash meltcast, use the promo code meltcast3. And that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, lootcrate.com. everyone and welcome to Meltcast 3.0. Thank you for joining us. My name is Derek Vandermillen. I'm Aristotle Walsavido. And we are Meltcast 3.0. Oh. Can you add reverb? I can. Okay, great. You have to remind me later. But <laughs> I hope I, I hope so. Otherwise that's gonna make the first minute. Awkward. <laughs> because Echo makes everything. Um, thank you for joining us, everyone. It is another fantastic week in comics. New comics of the week. There was a number of also uh, new collections that came out. The first, in my mind, being Darwin Cook's New Frontier. Yes. Since we lost one of the greats, many greats in 2016, they have put out a new collection of New Frontier. And I had forgotten how how dense it was i thought it was just like a smaller arc but seeing it in full i think there's a number of other um additions and sort of going into just how much of an influence he had on the whole of that book um various pages in the back but it is a really great collection and we have that this week here at meltdown comics if you delay in the la area and getting here and we are out we can always order more for you um that being said Are you jumping into Justice League? I'm jumping. I just like took a deep breath and I watched all of my life flash before my eyes. I was going to, I wasn't sure if I should say it at the top of the hour, but I am actually um, not at Meltdown's counter anymore. <gasps> but I, but it, everything was kosher and good and uh, still friends with everybody. And they are letting me haunt this uh, Meltcast space. As a ghost, and also uh, the XSN. So in terms of my being a host, uh, I am still here, but uh, I will not uh, be working behind the counter. But you'll still probably see me pop up and down from there. Be around. Yeah. Um, So I'm still a part of the Meltdown team, just. Um, uh, We have new people that will be joining us, so give them love on, uh, on Instagram or Twitter when you see their pick of the week. Up shortly. Chris being one of them. He's a uh, past guest, a former guest of the show. Yes, and Adam. And Adam. Yes. Yeah, he has has just joined us. Yeah. Um, So the the employees of Meltdown, 
um, will be will be joining us throughout the weeks to come. Um, what has happened in the world of comics, pop, and nerdy news? I feel like you've you've got the first one. Oh, the, there, there was that. Okay, so the opportunity for of the of the many things that. I, we were going over our list of what we wanted to talk about this week. I said to Aristotle, make sure that I mention Game of Thrones. And so I'm coming in hot with the Game of Thrones off the heels of one of the most epic episodes yet in the whole canon of Game of Thrones, the Battle of the Bastards. How much of the show do you watch? You don't. I, and not, not at all. You and Francisco are in the same... I've seen, like, no of goats, dragons. No GOT boat. Yeah. I don't know. Um, how far have you gotten in an attempt? Have you tried ever? No. Never even tried? Not not even a full mm. episode. There's a lot of people that I know. Obviously, it's one of the most popular shows uh, in the history of television, but at least true. currently true. right now, um, inarguably so, in that it is the most pirated and most bought Absolutely. Uh, show. It's the, it's the reason HBO has money. Yes. So I don't like know. They had money before, but they're like a staple now yeah. because of it. Yeah. And uh, rightfully so after this episode. I believe in one of the featurettes. Because, and they, it's, like, it's almost that they knew how badass of an episode this was going to be because they just start putting out what all went into making it all oh, the like videos I've, on I've facebook i've seen a video and, of like the the cgi process yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i believe it took 20 days to just shoot that battle uh, well i mean i, that, I, I don't it was it was <laughs> it was a high double digit and i'm pretty sure it was 20 it was either 20 or 10 how wait how long was that scene or was well it? in terms of i the whole battle i want to say is probably if not half two thirds because the first third is Daenerys, Khaleesi, silver-haired Targaryen queen, um, showing up on Drago and her dragon, um, and laying waste to an army that's trying to take its slaves and its city back. And that was super gratifying to see her finally be like, yo, let's lay the smack down. And she did um, pretty effortlessly. Um, and well, that she or the dragon? Well, the dragons, I mean. plural, three of them, yeah. did. But she, she's she been very shy in, in sort of trying to rule, um, rule from a not a democratic like position, but a fair. Like, mm. she's a dictator. Yeah. She says, I'm this is my way. Because I believe I'm right. So, yeah, that's kind of why there's turbulence in the city that she just protected, in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, protected, because they were they were volleying giant balls of fire onto the city. I don't know how that's helping the slaves out. Um, but she was, you know, she was protecting them. And it, it took our um, dwarf king, uh, Peter Dinklage Tyrion, um actually seeing what is traditions, what is the way of the people in the city. And he walked about the city and brought a little more rest to the city. But the cabinet of Daenerys, um, her team of the Unsullied and her translator, were a little suspect of Tyrion because he said, in seven years, we'll get rid of slavery. We'll give you plenty of time to figure out how to work around actually having slavery 
um, and making sure that it's gone by seven. Um, and they were sort of like, whoa, dude, like that's too long of a phasing out period. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how we got these crazy cult people called Sons of the Harpies that just wore these gold masks. And they have the most like brilliant score, like, like theme. It's just like these whispers of like, like several people doing that. Um, they're saying something, I, but I haven't looked up what it is. Um, and it is, th- th- those are crazy. But the Battle of the Bastards. Is that like the title of the episode? Yes. Or is that, yes. Oh, okay. And, and, and like titles I think are important because it's like, it's just how you key in straight away on what we're talking about. It's it's always interesting and fun. Like I've like the Red Wedding yes. and all that kind of stuff. The I Purple like, Wedding. I don't know. The Viper in the Mountain. Did they say that on the show, or is that the name of the episode, or is that just in this? Uh, a lot of times it's chapter headings. Okay. Um, but being that we haven't gotten the book yet, ah. I imagine that could be a chapter name. Um, could be something that was threatened in a in one of the previous books. Um, but oh, oh, disclaimer too. I am only just now starting the books ah. because I. It was a weird sort of once a you know, clearly surpassed the the, when the book coming out. I was, for some reason, I was like, now's the time. Mm. Uh, so I've now started the very first book. Um, and uh, I like the, I like the difference in the storytelling because it's from character perspectives. Mm. So uh, there's not, there is the ensemble feel, but you get a more singular you know, focus. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Um, Battle of the Bastards, just, it, what, what I will say is it, it was super gratifying in that it, it was, it made me feel like all hope was lost and didn't like punch me in the gut. Like previous times where they make me feel that way and then they just make me feel worse yeah. about myself. Uh, it does come to a pretty gratifying close um and they one of the most impressive or one of the more there's like a one shot that's really great and it's just like the entire battle happening around Jon Snow um as he's like he no longer dead interesting because that's one of the things that I for you only hearing to the ground yeah I'm I'm I don't really think it's spoiling because I know I've there's just so much to the story that I'll tell you in you could easily forget or you could just have a sort of lucid memory. Um, yeah, I don't... Did he ever die, Aristotle? I mean, I guess if... I Because I never did watched Did you hear? Did I, he, I've heard that he's... Yeah. Is he but how's that back? so? I don't know. How's that so? White Walker stuff? I don't know. I... I yes. I, okay. You guessed right. <laughs> you guessed perfectly right. Um, mm. But the... The... Uh, there's just a point where the two there's a there's like a line where the two parties clashed mm-hmm. the two fighting um uh armies and the bodies just pile up and they're fighting on top of this giant mound of of bodies um and they brought in several different fake bodies and fake horse bodies um to climb the top and fight each other uh and uh, it was just it's just really gratifying the only thing that i will say is there's a character alfie allen um uh and he plays Dion greyjoy i wanted to see him 
bring demise to a character that was really cruel to him, really, really cruel to him, and somebody else gets that sort of pleasure. So it's not, it's like, it's such a, uh, like a terrible complaint to make that justice was served by somebody <laughs> else. Um, but I, I, I would have liked to have seen him get some of the power back that was stolen from him. But after binging the entire series with my girlfriend to get her caught up Mm -hmm. uh, before the finale, uh, which we've made impressive ground. And by impressive, I mean, really, we should probably both get lives. But um, we did do the marathon of starting from the second season and in like, I think just a little over two weeks time, we got caught up. How many seasons are there? Uh, this is six we're on, mm. and there's ten episodes. Nice. So it was a lot of like watching late into the night uh, and then waking up and just watching a few episodes uh, beforehand. Um, so, yeah, that was Game of Thrones. I wanted to get that out of the way. To all you that also enjoy and love Game of Thrones, let us know what you think of the Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> and uh, shortly before this comes out... Um, the uh or i guess just after this this uh podcast comes out will be the season finale so if you you people in the future now in your own present uh are listening and it's sunday night what are you doing also you're put probably, on game of thrones you're probably watching game of yeah. thrones you um, probably but, but, watched it yesterday but thank you for letting me pretend that you're uh you have this going on <laughs> while game of thrones is happening uh it makes me feel really good inside um what about what about you what was the nerdiest thing that grabbed you uh, about the week oh man i've already forgotten what i was going to bring up but i th- it did remind me that i started watching voltron on netflix and it's not pretty- Tron, Voltron, Voltron. Okay, yeah, not Tron. Well, Tron is on um, HBO, the original Tron. So speaking of HBO, the oh, like uh, to watch, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, I I need to watch it fully because I only saw that it was on there and started it. It's um, pretty long. Yeah, it's not. I'm gonna say it's not quite the new one, but I also know people. People, there are people that don't like the new one. Oh, you're talking about Tron? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird. There there's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, I really liked it." They're or they're like, "I didn't like the movie at all, but the soundtrack was so good." And then there's people that are like, "I just didn't like it." Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's very split up, but uh, anyone at least my age or close, I feel like, "What are you talking about? That was amazing." And it, I I agree. You're talking about the new one, right? Yeah, the new one yeah. is great. I there are times where uh my girlfriend Desiree talked to her grandpa yeah. a lot. Yeah, and uh, I like I tend to lean to into originals yeah. more. Yeah, so like I I love Star Wars, and he's like, yeah. he loves Star Wars as well. But he's like, ah, I just can't get past those like terrible looking special effects. The CGI yeah. now is like so great. Why would you even watch that crap? Oh, really? Uh, and I'm like, no, that's, that's what makes those movies great. <laughs> but I. I'm kind of on the other fence with Tron, just because oh. from what I remember of the, the new, original Tron, yeah. it's like real slow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. But I, yeah, I guess I'm. I I saw that growing up and was like, oh, okay, that was a cool film. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't think anyone I know was. I think they just never gave it a shot. No one really bad mouthed it. Um, it was, well, it was also like it felt a little bit like a letdown because I was told mm. 
It's a movie where a guy goes into a video game that he made. Oh, and yeah. my imagination just went nuts Because with that. of where you were at w- yeah. within video game culture. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I feel like there's a weird, like, episode of... This is so weird. This is so strange, but this is Melcast 3.0, people! Yeah. Um, there's an episode of Fairly Odd Parents where Timmy goes into, like, a video game world that's not unlike Tron. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, that's, like, about the closest, I think, to going inside a video game that feels a little like what I imagine. But I don't know that I've ever seen that. I feel like, I feel like on a not main stage scale, like a sort of, there's been a book here or there that we've had where somebody's gone into a video game or they just do it for, like, an issue. I've seen some okay. But, yeah, I know what you mean about... Tron, it's just a very rudimentary. It's like yeah. walking into Pong. It, it, yeah, it's you well, know. Not only that, it was more about like the computer. Yeah, it's like you've gone into the computer part of this video game, so you're not necessarily seeing like a Wreck It Ralph kind of thing. You're right. seeing, yeah, I guess, yeah, Wreck It Ralph is Ram, one of those examples. Yeah, Rom, yeah, all that, yeah, stuff. Yeah, because it felt very like processor heavy back exactly. then, and and things like that. Yeah, I know exactly what it mean. you mean. Uh, I had a discussion with somebody, and I, because I've said like lightly on here, because I I I do kind of do it low key. I don't like to like uh, wave my banners too much, but I've made a number of short films, and I I I don't make films as much as I act in them, and and have done for a number of different one of my friends, but I've made plenty. And uh, I'm starting to do more. I have, I have a web series out in development that we're finally, fi- after a year, yeah, uh, after a year of just like hardcore figuring out how to make a studio space work, we um, we are in post-production and we're going to release all of the uh, episodes Netflix style and like any like the new model now cuz yeah. i think web series recently it, it feels like a lot of at least the la web series are are still kind of doing like an episode episode basis and mm. and that and i i think we just were like well let, let's do it like cuz we also were sort of like who knows if this is going to be any good um but the more that we just like stop worrying about if it be good or not mm. uh we started to watch the visuals get so much better and after a year of working in a space um, that that taught me a lot. And so the reason that I, I even uh, digressed in that was because I started theorizing with somebody of like, man, I, I myself am kind of tired of reboots to a degree. It's yeah. just, it's not so much like, oh, I think reboots suck because I, I don't. I come from like a background of theater where people just do the same Ooh, theater theaters. shows. It's yeah. just like a different. So I guess I... It doesn't bother me as long as it's like not a complete just regurgitation of what was. Um, but if I had to do a reboot sequel-ish thing, I think I think I would want to try doing Tron in VR. I would that could want. Be cool. I would want to do like one of the first uh, VR films. That's not like I, I. I was theorizing how I would go about it of. Would I make it interactive, or would I put you on sort of a a transport of Tron so that you can watch, you can like you can sit, you can be passive like a film, or is the whole point to be active from within? I don't know. That's a that's a hard one because I I know the the argument rages on 
especially now when video games make so money, so much money. Uh, but I feel like video game VR mm-hmm. is now taking a step beyond VR movies. Yeah, because not only are you in it, you're crea- you're creating whatever's the happening. The narrative. Yeah, even though it's kind of already set. Like, yeah, that's you know what you I mean. Is like, yeah. there's. I mean, we're I feel not- like, but I feel like that's what that is. Yeah. Mm. What? What? It, it, I think it's because we're still at a point where, like, we're fixed. We're in, like, a fixed point. Like, we're, mm. we're developing treadmills and things like that to m- give a sensation of, of moving around. But if you're controlling your movement via paddle still, like, mm. through the world, I guess that, in a way, feels like a movie to me, then. If, like essentially you're standing up versus sitting down or in some cases like there's VR I've seen where you're like sat in a chair and you're like supposed to be like tied to that chair. So I don't, Mm. so yeah, I don't, it's, it'd be an interesting, I feel like if there's a movie you do like either a VR movie or like a VR interactive experience that isn't so like, not to say, I mean, kitschy or anything like that, but like, Something that pushes beyond a game. I feel like you, you know have what I mean? to set it up like a maze. Yeah. But, like, because there's the, the, at Six Flags, that VR roller coaster, mm-hmm. which is kind of, I see that billboard and it makes me kind of think of Wally. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I get what they're doing. So I, I feel like that step would be making a type of maze, but then you'd have to fit into the story for some reason you're holding on to something so that you're not bumping into walls. Yeah. There's also uh if it's like a, a sort of choose your own adventure or something like that and you're like waiting around to choose, can you imagine what it'd be like? Come on, come with us. And you just don't and yeah, the like AI like, oh. are just standing there like looking at you and doing the same sort of like loop of a movement. Um like any any video game, but mm. uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like the property of Tron is like the if we had like this early like what was groundbreaking at the time um cgi and 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 those were the effects and then we had this like meetup point of just uh, of how would i say how would i describe tron legacy cuz i actually liked it i uh, this meetup of like pop culture in that daft punk did the music mm. and we're sort of having a nostalgic look back at that. The next step forward, I have to imagine, would be like, like VR. Mm. If that property ever came the, back in any like fashion, I, I would like love a sequel to Tron Legacy. I heard that they were supposed to be. Doing yeah, that. I. Um, what I was told was that uh, the the uh, Disney got nervous because mm. uh, this is just what I was told. Disney got nervous because. Um, Moms needs or Mars needs moms um, was a movie that they were doing shortly after Tron oh. and John Carter, and so it was like, oh, we had two. And this is by Disney standards. I don't know how they actually did, but they had two flops, sci-fi flops, and they were just like, ah, it's just not the time for a Tron yeah. sequel, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. Um, but the, it could it could come back. Yeah, but I feel like. Uh, and specifically in the case of Tron, yeah, the real thing that you just got to do that make it uh, interactive movie video game kind of thing, yeah, is just VR light cycles. 
Like that's that's VR really what you cycles, want yeah. from a Tron VR anything. Yeah. Um, like to be able to control the movements, not be stuck on something that's moving, and look like to be able to look around and you are controlling the yeah. life cycle. Yeah. That's really yeah. what you want from that. Yeah, that that's you're a hundred percent right. And that's probably gonna come who knows? That could come with Kingdom Hearts three or four. You know, three, Kingdom Hearts three is taken forever. We talked about that in the E three episode. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Make it right. I don't need a rush. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah. Uh, what um, else? I know that um, Justice League oh, dropped yeah. its logo. Um, it's funny. It looks almost like a like a Vans type of logo in a way. Like it has a star thrown in there. And in this sort of, um, it looks almost like the um, Justice League Unlimited um, banner, uh, but not quite. Just uh, with a little more points to it. Uh, I think it looked good. They, uh, for the first time, I think I actually, uh, well, not I think, I did actually read parts of the synopsis uh, because now anymore it just gets leaked straight away what the movie's going to be. Yeah. And uh, that was the that was the first I, th- I think because it, it was just like a, okay how are we approaching this uh, I I think you dodged uh, that might be I'm th- I'm thinking more of the movie font like uh, on a poster oh no I was I he, haven't he, I haven't seen it so I tried looking it up and yeah. I was just checking to see is that it or is this not no the... that's not the one that I saw so ah. uh, Aristotle just pulled up and we're looking at the various. Um, Anytime you try and look something up on the internet, yeah, there's always the fan made ones. Making, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, it, it is out there. I think if you just uh, just look in um, news or something like that. Um, but yeah, it it it, it was it, it the synopsis had some things that made me. I was like, okay, so they're going. They are going for a lighter tone. Um, I guess it is Steppenwolf. That is, yep, ah, yep. So that's it. Nice. Yeah. What do you? What do, you, do you see what I mean? It's it feels it feels like kinda, a Vans. Yeah, yeah. Which I know that um, Vans. I think Vans does carry uh, a lot of DC things for their shoes. At this point, Vans has a lot. Of, it's like Legos. Yeah, You're just getting everybody yeah. and putting it on them. Yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. Um, yeah, Steppenwolf is uh, the figure that we saw. I'm not sure to what the, I guess the the sort of in a Thanos way. Um, Darkseid is being built up as a in the shadows character. We're gonna see parademons like we did in Batman vs Superman, but Steppenwolf is definitely going to be a character. So who knows what else is going to develop alongside Steppenwolf? But I just feel like in the same way that I, as a DC fan, feel about Steppenwolf in the comics, I kind of need somebody else. Mm. He's not really widely known, and I don't mm. think that's necessarily bad that they go. With somebody who's not like, like a Lex Luthor, who we've seen how many iterations of, <laughs> um, and people still want to get upset that they didn't see like a cue ball old man version. It's like we we had many already. We yeah. don't. I don't think we need that many more like that. Um, so that's why I was okay with an Alexander Luthor type. But um, yeah, lighter tone Steppenwolf. Uh, ben Affleck is Tuesday. A mentorship of Flash, to a degree that he would be mentoring a little bit from uh, a, from within a Justice League, not like a like a um, 
uh, Batman and Robin, but maybe supplementing, mm. you know, of the fact that um, in this world we are sans Robin. Yeah. Like we have a dead Robin on our chest. Um, ooh, that sounds nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, Got a dead robin in our hands. What else? Uh, dead robin in the hand and none in the bush. Um, what else did I see? There's going to be, I guess there's going to be upgrades to a number of their suits that happen throughout the movie, which which is not unlike Unjustice 2. In Injustice 2, um, mm. what we saw, oh. what we've seen, the, ga- the uh, gameplay trailer and just the uh, cinematic trailer, which is just like three different suits a base suit and like two level ups which i always i'm a sucker for um (laughs) and uh yeah so that's that's it in terms of uh uh batman versus superman uh or i guess uh justice league uh they said standalone um batman just no justice league is gonna be treated like a standalone but i'm sure there could be you know there's they're gonna be setting up for the sequel i'm sure um, How can you not? Yeah, it just could. It could have a completely different title. So for people to say Justice League Part Two, it, it could very well do something else different. Um, and then uh, there was some news also about James Earl Jones uh, and the reprisal of his role in of Star Wars Darth Rogue One. Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. can can you just do Sidious from here on out? I was, like I know you've done know. plenty of Sidious on our show. Uh we had we had one of the customers come in and he is a Tai Ching student uh mm-hmm. here. Uh and Tai Jing. It, yeah. Tai Jing. Yeah. Was how he was I was like Tai Chi and then like he gave me a car, a card that said Tai Jing. And um he had these cool tattoos that I was like I I want tattoos like that. It's just a circle and a triangle inside the circle on his palms. On his palms? Yes. And I was sort of like, oh, that's not very practical, is it? But then I realized, like, he's in robes. I'm sure he's happy being a student of this. And uh, now I want those tattoos. That sounds painful. Not sure I would commit to the lifestyle, but it just it looked so good. Mm. They looked real cool. And he talked about uh, identifying with Sidious. Despite having this like pleasant aura, but he, it, just the idea of the dark side not being so, like being misunderstood about being like your own inner, having inner strength. Yeah. Um, well, that's like uh, Satanism. Like Satanism is always like this demonic, evil, worship the devil kind of thing. When it's also can be sold as like no, it's a very empowering. All about me, who I want to be, mm-hmm. what I want, kind of thing. Uh, do you dabble? No, but I've like I've heard this been said. Okay, before. yeah, I was like, gonna say I, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd be you'd be almost like drunken master level of Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. If all of a sudden I just find out that like was you and Desiree are just like uh, sacrificing people, See, but then that you know, and I then I would feel bad because. You haven't invited me over to be sacrificed. No, I'm, you know. I'm trying to remember where I heard this. Was it I Eddie? Because Eddie was like it, playfully wears his. It wasn't Eddie. Pins. No, it was. Yeah, it was somebody that was like a. I am a Satanist, but not in that like. Yeah, it's in that like not a sacrificing kind of way. Just in 
Shit, it was a podcast and I forgot who it was. It was oh, Pete Holmes. It could have been. No. Pete Holmes is just a low key the other satanic well, I individual. I was trying I forgot why this came up. It it comes up a lot now because I've been playing Doom. Mm. But like the weird um Paranormal stuff's always fun and cool, but it's hard to I guess it depends on your personal belief. If you yeah. don't believe in God, then how do you have demons? Which I know they don't have to right. be linked, but they're they're kind of linked. You can't have one without the other necessarily. Yeah, I well, you know what's weird is that like I it didn't I guess it didn't solidify anything, but you remember when we asked Grant Morrison about you know, all the malevolent shit, all the just mm. sort of bad shit. Remember his response was was basically, think of all the bad stuff that's happened throughout history and, like, it's already happened in a way. He just was very, like, don't feel threatened by the bad stuff. Francisco is asking a question. <laughs> oh, Francisco is saying, where is the live Facebook feed? Which, uh, I, I don't know about you, but, like, there's so many people now that I know that are going live, and it's like, I'm getting brunch! I, and I was sort of like, oh, I it made sense to me because I'm recording something, and it's already being logged. Mm. Uh, I don't see... It's just, it was out of nowhere. Everyone I know decided going live, so I, I started to want to be like, we should make Does that. Does it come up, though? Because I, I never see them happening live i've seen people that have done it live and now the video it's pre-recorded yeah yeah it's just there never pops up live yeah i've 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 seen it live um and there's there are people that are like just kind of idle for a while but are sort of like hey stay there guys like uh, you're gonna get to the whole reason why i'm you know live and it's just uh i didn't want to like overuse it you know so there for episodes where i'm like we have somebody in in here with us and you guys can ask questions alongside that's when i sort of wanted live going but yeah. uh yeah now it's i now I, f- I just feel like i'm gonna see cousins live and grandparents live and like everyone's gonna be oh. live soon and i, I s- wanted i guess a little bit of ceremony to it tiny yeah. bit i i still want to do the live it's just like uh, sometimes yeah i don't know about all the time yeah that's a lot of yeah it's a lot of us needing to look, which I probably have looked. I, I don't know if I've looked more dressed up today, like mm. in, or on a different day than today. So I pro- we probably could have gone live. For some reason, I felt like dressing up. Oh, but, but but that like, was something that Justin, our our XSN CEO, made sure he was like, well, podcasts and live casts are different because you can't walk in like a just complete schlub. Yeah, you have to. Well, that's also if you like do, if we're you live could streaming, do that. Yeah, got to sit up straight. And... Yeah, yeah. I I always tend to look like Smeagol. I'm just hunched over something, well, and and oh. or I sit like a little kid. Something about having a mic doesn't like bring out this bravado of a radio host. It's something mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just gonna talk here. Yeah, like a little kid. Um, some oh, and a one eight hundred number's calling me. Let's let's oh. uh, let's answer it. Here we go. This is live. 
Okay, so after that brief commercial break that we threw in there, um, t- it took uh, uh, the opportunity of my getting a phone call to uh, insert a commercial in. Uh, I'll explain what that was sort of in, in case for, for whatever reason Aristotle includes the, 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 at least the first part of. Um, as an actor out here in Los Angeles, you do a number of weird, odd things, one of which is just taking surveys and uh, uh, studies that you get paid for. And what's funny is a lot of times, um, almost everyone I know that was like, just do it. It's like a weird thing that just happens. It's a weird life as an actor, I'm telling you. It's weird. Um, The number of different things you have to do. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But no, seriously. Uh, And uh, taking surveys or like uh, anything like that is one of the things that a number of people suggested to me. And they're like, always lie, always do this. This survey that they were calling me about was about uh, cable providers mm-hmm. um, and enter- entertainment. And they were like, do you have a cable account under your name? And I said yes, because I always assume they're trying to lead me to yeah. what it is. And they're like, oh, unfortunately, you don't qualify because... And if I had just told the truth, Aristotle, that I don't... That I am somebody who has that person that's like, yeah, you can totally use my HBO Go account. I do pay for Netflix. In fact, I got an email saying, hey, remember in 2014 when we up price and grandfathered you in and didn't up the price on you? We're going to do that now. What? So now Netflix is $9.99 for me uh, instead of $7.99, which is fine because there's a number of other ones that I'm just simply borrowing from people who are okay with it yeah. i would never n- never steal from that's anyone. odd that they would raise the price though yeah well it, mm, i don't know i was i always thought it was cheap mm-hmm. um it's just you you better have some good content coming yeah but also and it was funny because they were like don't worry about it because we have these titles and i think one of them i was okay with mm. and they showed like five in the oh. banner footing i was gonna say but they make so much money but there's also, like, people sharing. Well, they do and they don't. Um, I'm not a very informed source, but I remember somebody trying to correct me, assuming that Netflix made a, a lot of money, that they were actually bleeding out money, but they either the, the people that were keeping them afloat knew that it's like, well, this is this is going to be the future, and if Netflix is the longest in sort of making that programming and... and uh, setting paving that uh, the culture around like viewing mm. um then we should just back them even if it's yeah. losing money in the beginning so that's just the sort of second hand i know i don't know how much that's I'm, there i'm just i'm interested to see the uh the statistic that we'll get one day in the future uh mm. of how many people are watching netflix versus how many people are paying for netflix oh okay yeah, yeah. well yeah they I mean, I feel like they've almost been the best about, hey, we know there's multiple people on here. Here's a profile so that your things aren't getting confused, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, I think they just know that's a possibility, but I'm sure ev- there's in the long life that you'll you'll lead, at some point you'll probably be like, eh, I'll get my own Netflix. And yeah. then, you know, I... I will. I will not always be using someone else's HBO Go. It's just at the time of being twenty six. I'm okay if I'm paying Me. for one streaming yeah. that I, you know, 
because I've given out my Netflix to my parents, my girlfriend, my sister, her boyfriend. You know, there's a karma to it all. Um, Desiree's uncles. But yeah. Uh... If you're listening and you're a fan of commercial breaks brought on by paid focus groups, go ahead and give us a shout out on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> and or Snapchat. Okay, we should probably get to the thing that is the bread and butter of Meltcast 3.0. That one's probably not going to have an echo, but maybe. I'll be, I'll be impressed if you can remember to do that one. Oh, okay. See, you just reminded me you'll, now, though, to do that first you, one. You'll get, it's just a trail of breadcrumbs to remembering mm. if there's going to actually be an echo at the beginning. Uh, picks of the week. Can you bring back the little soundbite? Picks it, of the week. Do you want it now? I'm asking, do you want it? I'm asking a lot of things of you. Do, well, do you want it now or do you want That'd it? be cool. All right. And bring it back you, one more time. You, you Picks of the week. Wait, just the one more time or all the time now? Just listen to this section, and every time I pause, throw in a Picks of the Week. No, you should have yep. said that before. Nope. Oh, wait, hold on. Sounds Picks of the Week. Oh, you can't cheat. I thought you were going to throw it in. No, I, that, that's editing. why I was opening up my phone. Oh. This is Picks of the Week. Thank you for that, Aristotle. Picks of the Week. <laughs> you just drive me insane by the end of it. You reap what you sow. What That's... was your pick of the week? Uh, let's go with my first one. Okay. She-Wolf. Not to be confused with Shakira's She-Wolf. I mean, you could. You well, listen to it while you read it. Y- you could. I think it would accompany very well. Um, I, that song haunted me one summer. Oh. Yeah, the little that little with the the same sort of let's just throw in picks of the week soundbite. Somebody just like, ooh, this is a great idea. Can you give us an actual wolf cry? Thanks. Uh, yeah, whole summer just haunted me. Anyway, I have a feeling you enjoyed this more than that song. Uh, I did. Yes, it's by Rich Tomaso. Okay. Who? I oh my god, I can't believe I forgot the name of his last book. But it's it was it's off image, and that just the trade for that just came in too. Ah, oh, man. But he is a great writer. Uh, and this is his book, She-Wolf. Uh, <laughs> did you read great. She-Wolf? Yes, I did. Yeah. Did you get like a, a... I'm trying to remember if they actually ever said what year it was, but I just got the sense that this is taking place in the 80s. A little bit, yeah. During uh, like Teen Wolf sort of like yeah, craze. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a very... Uh, 80s looking and just the way that they're dressed oh yeah. yeah but it's also almost like a like the way he does art and the way that the story is structured mm. uh i don't want to say picasso because that'd be strange but the whole thing is like is is because uh, i'm also talking about cubism versus surrealism uh mm-hmm. it feels very surreal and mm. the narrative itself hops around hopped around so much that i was almost like oh i have no clue what's going on but then i gave it a second pass yeah and uh, it's just very lucid. It's almost like a fever dream of if you were a wolf. Um, but not, like, in a sort of deliberate way, but in a way that's not so conventional that leads you to, you know, it's it's not like a, 
uh, uh, kitschy sort of thing. It's just yeah. a it's a formatting choice that was unique. Uh, but from from what I could, what you, what you could tell from the book is that mm-hmm. she had a boyfriend that was a werewolf. I like how you you said you could tell that she had a boyfriend question. Uh, it could just be yeah. like a best friend situation, but yeah. I'm going to assume boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ryan. There was, it, it did feel like a series of tableaus because there was a, a point where, and it was probably my favorite point of the book where the principal is talking mm. to her about her being around a dead body at the time the body was discovered. Yeah. Uh, and what he's saying versus what the subtext is, which is like the entire school is going to be watching you now. There's like two different ways the principal's drawn. Yeah. Like he's splitting and in two, basically. Which I'm I thought was fun. I'm to like kind of figure out later on in the story to see yes. if these are like, this is her just kind of hallucinating these kind of things or if this is like a paranormal yeah demon ghost she's thing tapping into to yeah see to like yeah 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 and it's another thing could be is that a projection from him that he's participatory in or like is is, is, like is, is she just, yeah thing but is she, she seeing see. Or is she seeing something he's completely ignorant to? Yeah. So yeah, that was that was very interesting. Then there's some um, borderless panels um, yeah. that uh, were interesting, and yeah, the just the exaggeration of a lot of the characters, the facial structures, the limbs. A lot of times were oblong and elongated, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was great art. It was very um unique and dynamic mm. storytelling that if you if you need like a like format and structure you're familiar with um you're going to have to get used to it not cuz it just it it felt like it was hopping around you know yeah but it's also as always an issue 1 so you can Indeed. come and start here figure the mystery out with us and we have a uh, nice uh pentagram Yes, on she has, the uh, she has back a of the, of the issue throughout almost all of the issue. Yeah, so she's definitely uh, a witchcrafty kind of, you know. Yeah, which you kind of, yeah, you'll figure it out. Read the book. Yeah, cool. All right, that was She Wolf issue number one from Image Comics. Yes. My pick of the week is the conclusion issue number fifty-two. If you know anything about my usual picks and that number and the significant link between the two, it is indeed a, a, a DC title, and uh, the title is Justice League: The Conclusion uh, to the Run that Jeff Johns started. He did not uh, serve as the writer. On this issue, the team was uh, Dan Jurgens as the writer, Tom Grummet as penciler, and then a three-way team of Danny, Mickey, Mark Morales, and Scott Hanna as the inkers. Uh, also, Gabe Eltab, I think is how you say his name, the colorist, uh, and the colors really popped in this issue. Uh, this is sort of a, a twofer. That, um there was a, a good deal of actual connective tissue between this issue and Action Comics, which came out this week as well. So I'll I'll kind of combine uh, the two of them. 
Um, but we we have sold out already of Action Comics, but we still have plenty of uh, the very final issue of the New 52 Justice League on issue 52. So basically, the one thing that I've loved about a lot of the issues that have come out for Rebirth, and this is not this doesn't have the Rebirth banner because if you'll remember, uh, temporally, this takes place before uh, the Rebirth um, stuff has happened um, because... In the issue just before this, um, New 52 Superman uh, passed passed away. Um, and uh, at the time where he was passing the um, uh, issue 50, the conclusion to Dark Side War of Justice League, um, he was just finding out. So there was a bit of like a, like a this all happens just before the events that are currently unfolding. So uh, it was kind of a, a last curtain that they show. Um, at the first page turn, after you're looking at the cover, uh, that's actually Superman's cape. So it's kind of the, the final curtain close on the character. Um, and they have the uh, big red cape is just the entirety of the page with the black S. Um, and it says, I'm sorry, sir. Viewing hours don't start until tomorrow. I'm afraid you'll have to leave in the word bubble. And remember, this is just the entire, just a shot of the cape. And then we turn the page and we have a two-page spread. Um, that's Lex Luthor standing in a red, white, and blue uh, mech suit, not unlike the green and purple suit that we've seen uh, in the past. And uh, he's donning a Kryptonian S on uh, S shield on his chest. And um, a thing to remember about this Lex Luthor is that he's actually hasn't messed up in any real way like Lex Luthor of Earth One has done. Um, he has always been pretty measured and hasn't really deviated from his his saying I want humanity to pick itself up and I want humans to be their own saviors I do not want an alien to be the savior of the human race so Jeff Johns basically gave us 50 issues of of not ever quite deviating and and uh, and saying no, you're going to be dead, Superman. You're dead, and like being maniacal. It was a commitment to him never messing up, really. But 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 you know, um, Clark and sometimes the Justice League being suspect of him at best. So because he has not messed up, he thinks he's going to just say it is an honor. This Superman died um, saving us. And his his mantle needs to be continued, and I'm the human to do that. But make no mistake, it's humans that need to pick ourselves up. So he's sort of riding on the coattails or the cape tails of Superman and uh, using the death to his advantage in a way of of saying, I am going to be the savior now. And the cape was in the possession of the Daily Planet because the New 52 Superman had no family that anyone knew about. Um, the Justice League shows up. They're kind of like, you're not going to get that cape, bro. And then uh, we're reminded that Lex Luthor has a mother box, uh, and that's sort of what's powering his suit. Um, and I'm assuming why he's flying around without a helmet, because it's pretty vulnerable to just yeah. have your face exposed, but an entire suit. Um, so I don't know if there's like a force field maybe around his head. Um, but it is it is very fitting for him to... Uh, want everyone to know that it's his face um, because he is an egotist and he would want everyone to know. 
Um, but then he has a buyout where he buys uh, the Daily Planet. And because he's the owner, he's like, that's my cape. So he puts on the cape. And there's a shot, uh, one page, um, final uh, page of him standing on top of the Daily Planet, looking pretty smug but stylish in his red, white, and blue suit and Superman of uh, New 52's cape. And then the action continues into Action Comics where uh, Earth-1 Superman, who who came back, um, who is the the kind of aged uh superman but he doesn't have let's say the salt and pepper of kingdom come superman um saying whoa no way absolutely not on my world you're insane and you're not going to ever be wearing an s shield for sure um and so he tries to stop lex from grandstanding and uh gaining popularity of the people and amidst their confrontation and sort of their like standoff of not really looking bad in the public eye doomsday and not the doomsday of new 52 that's like a virus that infected superman but doomsday of of like big the, monster yeah killer um of earth one superman uh shows up and is um about ready to kill lex by the end um Dang. so well, we don't know. It's a cliffhanger. So, and guess what he's doing? He's holding his exposed head, looking like he's going to crush it. Oh. So, maybe you should have rethought that, Lex. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they, I think they're great. They, they have a great tone. Um, they're getting me excited for the, the possibilities of what is having Earth-1 characters and Earth-0 characters. And this constant sense of people on the outside observing all of these heroes observing almost the simulation because it's hinted at that possibly earth one lex luther is watching this confrontation between earth zero lex and earth one soups Mm. so i don't know if it's that i just like timelines and i like continuity and understanding it but I noticed that a lot of times my cell of the issue is like, here are the plot points, here are the plot points, here are the plot points. But I feel like uh, for this like rebirth world, there's a way of gently introducing you at a point where, sure, maybe you didn't follow the things that happened before, but you can hop on the train. Yeah. It's like a slowing down to catch people up and they'll and they will fill you in as things go. It won't be that hard to understand. But also really strange. I'm not sure if Earth 0 Superman actually died or if he just was significantly I mean he turns to like dust at the end, but for some reason there's a Clark Kent running around too, separate from So there's supposed to be a dead Superman, an Earth 1 Superman and a Clark Kent separate from Earth One Superman. Just right. So I don't know who that is. If that's the imposter Superman that but I'm pretty sure he yeah, he was destroyed. Oh my god, there's there's so much now. I get it. It sounds a little confusing, but I promise it it's like nowhere it's nowhere near as intimidating once you try and read it. It's gonna be a buddy cop comic about uh two Supermen and a Clark Kent. Too many Clarks, too many Clarks. Um so yeah, so that was sort of my it was a combined, but that was uh, that that was my pick of the week of Justice League fifty two and Action Comics. Not sure what number, but it was this week's Action Comics. Nice. Your uh, next one. My next one is Nighthawk number two. Nice. We talked about number one uh, a few weeks ago when that came out. Mm-hmm. 
And man, it is uh it doesn't hold any punches. It is no. so have, did you read it? No, I have not. It is extremely current. 100 it's extremely transparent in like what it's trying to say, yes. but also within like the Marvel universe though it's very much our universe. Okay. It's almost as if He's, it's, he's like writing about this, but then like, oh yeah, okay, and then like Marvel kind mentions of it, even then, not yeah. even not not even not even necessarily like, and oh, and then there's Iron Man over there, like that never comes up. Yeah, it's just more like um, the names of cities and stuff like okay. that. Okay, uh, so this takes place in Chicago, mm. and there is just awful. Awful police brutality on the brink of a race war, uh, and uh, everyone is watching this um, this trial, like just waiting to hear the verdict of this cop that shot a young unarmed black kid. Yes, uh, and it's not looking good. So Nighthawk is just out there, you know. Uh, Following the cops while also trying to figure out who this killer is, who the cops are also trying to figure out who they are. But also, um, the first issue, he blew up a warehouse filled with guns and white supremacists. But it's more about, like, where did he get these guns? Because this is big money. This is bigger than what they're dealing with. So clearly Mm. there's somebody helping them out. And there's no, like, police report on this. So there's also, you know... Even, there's already shitty cops in this story, but even shitty yeah. cops beyond that. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I forgot what he is. He's not like a mayor, but there is... Um, city figure. City official. Uh, city bigwig money guy building buildings. Um, I'm trying to find the page just so I can give you the exact quote that that makes you see like, oh, okay, I get what you're saying here. Uh so this uh, Mr. Hanrahan uh, is like uh, developing parts of Chicago to make them nicer, but it's also kind of this. Uh, it, it brings up the issue of gentrification. Where, yes, like gentrification makes things nicer, but it puts people out. And this Mr. Hanrahan, by way of gentrification, is taking all the people of color. Mm. Uh, and he is eh, it's not a spoiler he is like hinted at being the big bunny white supremacist guy mm. uh, but there's a line here it says where he's talking to the head of the construction I thought we could do business together because we both talk about the same goals we want to take this city back we want to make America great again oh god and it's like ah yes, yes, yes on yes, the yes, nose yes. so very on the nose but <clears throat> it's still like I don't know. It, this wasn't a particularly violent issue, but I, mm-hmm. after reading it, I've I could have swore like I've just had the shit beaten out of my face because of it, it the like, discussions being had. Yes, all and the, the threats, the weight of yeah. the content. I don't know. Yeah, but that's interesting. I always, uh, you know, because it's it's very in right now mm-hmm. for Marvel to have just so much tongue-in-cheek going on 
that I just can't, I'm like, okay, we have Gwenpool serving as like Deadpool sort of point of view, and like I I get it, like she is. She's a weird, like, cosplay character. Like, she has her own point of view, yeah. but from a, like, marketing standpoint, it's, there's so many of them have to be wise asses that it's like, yeah. I, now I want to read Nighthawk because it sounds it's, like there's something actually going on. It also, like, doesn't feel like a Marvel book. I'm just, I'm, it's just more surprising yeah. that Marvel puts it out because it's Who, Who's so, the uh, creative team on it? Because the uh, art looks great. David F. Walker is the writer, and Ramon Villalobos is the artist. Nice. Color artist, Tamra Bonville. Nice. Bonvillain. Bonvillain. Wow. That's a cool last name. I believe I didn't read that. Um, Bonvillain. Bonvillain. She's heard... She... Oh, man. The jokes that would come <laughs> with that. Um, man. Just the number of, like... I feel like Dr. Evil pinkies that people yeah. like do at her. Um... Well, cool. That's Bond villain. You that, yeah, that's a that's a uh, that's the title I'm gonna have to read once it's in trade for mm-hmm. sure. Um, unless we have w- number one still around, we, we might. might. Yeah, we might have number one. We definitely have number two of Nighthawk. So if you come did pick that up, up yeah. come check it out. And uh, moving on to my last pick of the week, it was Kurt Sutter's Lucas Stand. And it's coming out of Boom Studios, the very first issue. Uh, it had this immediate uh, cover that just grabbed me. Um, pretty sure I've seen the cover art before. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yep. Lee Bermejo. Um, and uh, he's he does a number of different uh, covers um, that are have a have a interesting like photorealistic quality to them. Um, and on this cover, we see a man that looks not unlike John Constantine. A little uh, he's wearing the suit uh, with the untucked white uh, shirt and the loosened uh, but still um, put together tie. He's holding a bottle of Jack, sure looks like, uh, dog tags in one hand, and then a uh, pistol that he's got up and ready to to shoot um, with fire burning in the background. So it's like, yeah, this is hard-boiled straight away. (laughs) Um, And it jumps straight into this discussion of free will and whether we have free will or not. Uh, And we'll talk – I'll talk more about that – after we've sort of talked about the issue, but it does, since it's a central theme, I think it would be an interesting talking point for the show. Um, it, it starts straight away, and he's getting yelled at at his, like, just uh, d- dumb retail job. Uh, I shouldn't say dumb retail job, because some people are within retail and happy within retail. Yeah. This This retail job that he's not finding satisfying, because he's getting yelled at by a boss that's being completely overbearing. I worked at the Burbank in, or I worked at the Best Buy in Burbank, and most of those people were pretty uh, chill and mm-hmm. nice to me. Um, and it wasn't until they're like, "Sorry, you're seasonal, bye," um, that I moved on to what would later be Meltdown Comics. So uh, it was not such <laughs> a uh, hard blow when uh, you got Meltdown Comics uh, behind you. Um, uh, but yeah, he's getting yelled at at his job that he doesn't find very fulfilling. Um, and this is a job that he's come back to after being in a war, yeah, uh, in, in the Middle East. Um, so he's sort of in a very existential spot of like, I did these things that some people would 
consider atrocious, uh, witness too many atrocities, and now I'm here and I don't see how I'm serving humanity at all. So I think I'm just going to take my life tonight. And he makes sure that there's plenty of food for his dog. He drinks a lot of alcohol. Um, he uh, then decides to put a gun in his mouth and shoot. And then when he does, he wakes up, he spits out the bullet, and there is a uh, staff sergeant-looking fellow uh, with a cap um, that kind of veils his face a little bit, and he says, Welcome back, son. And then it just sort of gets really balls to the wall. Uh, <laughs> he's basically saying, like, you... Um, you First, you uh, don't show up to every numbskull who beats a bullet... You were selected for both your skill set and your position. So there's all he's like he's debriefing him on what life or afterlife or possibly this middle ground uh, between is going to be like. And he's he offers him this coin and it's sort of like him accepting the mission. And uh, pretty much when he does, all of these demons just come after him. And uh, and you're not sure. Yeah, you're not really sure what the reality is if you, um, if he is in an afterlife, if he's still alive, or if he's in an in between. And then it gets even more like, what? When he gets tackled off a building in his reality by one of the demons pursuing him and lands in Nazi Germany. And all of a sudden he looks super Aryan and, um, is running from the Gestapo with another woman who's supposed to be like him. And uh, it, it, it's just such an odd story. <laughs> because by the end, he then sees the staff sergeant that's supposed to be helping him and guiding him through yeah. is this, like, just winged demon with, like, no flesh and just sinew. So it's... It, I can't say I've read a book like this. So yeah. if you're looking for something that it's like, uh, I haven't even come close to something like this before or like an order of events um, and you want a change of pace, definitely check out Kurt Sutter's Lucas Stand from Boom Studios. It's the first issue and uh, I cannot wait to see what issues follow and what just strange stuff happens next. Yeah. Great issue. So that was the picks of the week portion. The The last closing thought um, that I want because it was the theme of of uh, Lucas Stand, and I'll I'll give the context. It says we like to think we've got free will, but that's bullshit. Aristotle, what are your thoughts on free will? I don't know. Uh, It kind of goes back to what you believe. Yeah, because I mean. I feel like I have free will, mm-hmm. but the whole idea of not having free will means, uh, like, there's no way to, there's just no way to know. If you're mm-hmm. predetermined to do that thing, you're also predetermined to struggle with what you're about to do, and then when you make your choice, you feel like you've you've satisfied your need to make that choice, mm-hmm. but it's already predestined that you will have made that struggle and made your choice. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I remember as a kid 
I I don't remember what I first identified with, but it there was this interesting like uh of course like growing up uh in the Midwest, uh I was raised Methodist and I I didn't uh we didn't go to church that often. I think my parents were like there's so many sects and different uh branches of the church that it's getting really confusing for us as adults, and I don't, I don't even know where I would begin with the kids. So I think they just kept it very simple and said the golden rule, and just said treat others the way you want to be treated, and never stopped me from trying to explore about different, you mm. know, religions. And I, I feel like that was a very healthy way to be brought up because I never really swallowed the pill of one, but I never denounced any except for maybe. The CSI Oentology <laughs> um, one, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I never, I never felt like it, it was. It was just always felt like all of them are looking at the same sort of light through different lenses, through yeah. like different sunglasses, and um, that's how I always felt. And then when I started to go through school, and we found out about, you know, we found out about all of the different conquerors and. And different uh, people in, like, Greek times, they all thought it was, like, predestined. There was this idea of predestiny and, and like, this early, early in history sense of, like, it's God's will or it's something. And I'm just, like, sort of, I'm a vessel, you know what I mean, for. And I was sort of like, oh, that's cool. But then I thought I grew out of that and was like, no, 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 of course we have choice. And we should... We should hold ourselves accountable and responsible for our choices. I was just about to say, given the current state of the world, you should probably not go with predestiny. You should, you you should, you know, you should look at it. But then again, there is this back and forth that I have. There's a number of people I've talked to that, and I think I, I don't. I mean, again, it's it's weird. I always feel like I need to reference to Grant's episode because he did manage to give so much to us in a half hour yeah that it enough to mull over you know what i mean because i because it wasn't an asking of questions of like oh, what did it mean in this book it was just like tell us your point of view and he you know he 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 said he had felt like he'd stepped out and witnessed the whole of time as like a crystalline object yeah if that's the case then it is predetermined, just... Yeah, and, and and that's the thing, is the more that we talk about uh, science, I mean, there's people that, like, like playfully want to say, oh, the whole thing's a simulation. We're just one giant hologram, or something like that. There's a number of people I know that believe... You know, if you, in the we talked about what else have we talked about? Eighteen days, which we just actually came out with the uh, second uh, volume of uh, in trade paperback for eighteen days. Grant Morrison's eighteen days, um, where they talk about Gaia, which is, and this is again my very loose understanding of it, but the idea of a celestial being that we're a part of, and if we are a part, if we're a small part of a celestial body then we might be able to make choices, but if we're a part of a system, then wouldn't, you know, say like a nervous system or a... It would or require a, a lot of, it, a lot of uh, choices. Yeah, I guess, it, or, a lot of choices or maybe like it's just our nature. If it's just our nature, is it our nature to make the choice or is it nature 
to be that thing and just be that thing from the beginning. I don't know. Free will. I, it's, it's funny that we can't, we can't know it or can't, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just this, it's this thing. Where is, where's either the doubt or the uncertainty or is it both? Like we, we as a species, I would think would be able to have a grip on it, but I guess, yeah. If you if you believe in a higher power, then it changes everything. It does. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I think even Buddhism tries to argue that there's both and nothing at mm-hmm. this. You know, there's a uh, there's a trying to grasp the abstract, yeah. make the abstract concrete, and and uh, make the concrete uh, air basically. Um, so it could very well be a little bit of both. Man. Um, but if there's also a multiverse, then <laughs> it's almost, it's almost the concept of all of the simulations are being run. Yeah. Or- so is there choice if all of the numbers, if all of the data, you know, is there, is there choice if, uh, all of the possibilities exist? Don't know. Because then what does that become? Food for thought <laughs> as we close this episode on Meltcast 3.0. Uh, for those of you that made it this far, thank you very much for listening. And give us your thoughts on either Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat if you like. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You're looking at Wait, me like, oh, do we do have you... that? We have a Meltdown Snapchat, but we okay. don't have a Meltcast. And... Uh, until we get Kimmy on Melcast 3.0, I don't think I'd ever feel safe with anyone else running Snapchat. Um, which also, it's true. I, I, for those of you that know that she's there <laughs> and you send her what you do, you're terrible people oh, oh, and um, grow up. This has been a public safety announcement from Derek Vandermillen of Melcast 3.0. Uh, thank you all for listening. And we will see, hear, and think about you next week we good night hey thanks for picking us up like us on facebook and follow us on twitter we're at meltcast we occasionally tweet some things and while you're at it follow at meltdown comics they're awesome and you can keep up with all their sales and events they happen every day hey.